This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Hello and welcome to Seagull Social, episode six. Uh, I am your host, Maz, and of course, I am joined by my co-hosts, Ryan and Ben. How are we doing, chaps? Hello. We good? All good, Maz, yourself? Yeah, yeah, not bad, not bad, thanks, not bad. I mean, it could be better, but you know, uh, it, it is what it is. Uh, and of course, we are joined by a very, very special guest, uh, especially within the Brighton community, uh, by our very own uh, Andy Naylor. How are you doing, Andy? You okay? I'm good, guys. How are you all? Um, uh, ben and Ryan, have you been to the barbers yet? <laughs> <laughs> someone's, someone's, been watching, someone's been watching our, our podcast. <laughs> well, I have to do my homework. I love that, Andy. I love that. I love that. Um, amazing. Uh, well, no, we're really, really grateful that you came on and we're uh, very excited to, to have you. Um, so without further ado, uh, we're just going to get straight, straight into it. Um, before and, we do, before oh, we do, on, Maz. I'm, this might be really embarrassing, and I'm, this I might get absolutely killed here. Andy, do you remember right. me from working at Brighton as a media assistant with a really tragic haircut? Looked like a bike helmet, like four years ago, five years ago. Well, it's probably the hair that's done <laughs> it. If I don't <laughs> you, it, was to- it was totally yeah, different, like, was it? Long, slick back with like short sides here. It was terrible. It looked like one of their yeah, one of their bike helmets. So, so is it is it fair to say, Andy? You, you, you don't remember him? Is that is that fair to say? <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Oh, the, sil- the silence is deafening. Silence- <laughs> that's that's killed it. Oh good. So I'll just leave now. Yeah, enjoy the yeah, podcast, yeah. boys. Ben, you're, you're obviously not, you're obviously not very memorable. Ben. Oh, of course I remember you. Oh, thank, yeah, yeah, thank you. I'll take that. I'll take that. <laughs> brilliant, brilliant. Well, yeah. I, I mean, I don't blame you, Andy. He's not a very memorable guy, so um, I, don't, I, don't, I don't blame you. Um, so getting straight into it, then. Um, of course, the big game yesterday um, was Brighton Spurs. Um, it was a bit of a disappointing result. Uh, we played really well, uh, and we did lose two uh, one. And now let's just kick off straight away with the starting eleven. So, Andy, obviously, there was a lot of eyebrows raised uh, with Robert Sanchez coming in for Matty Ryan and uh, no Neil Mopai in the squad. Um, do you have any? Can you shed any light on sort of the the exclusion of um, Mopai? Because a lot of fans are a bit bit bemused about that. Well, I, I sort of share your surprise <laughs> to some extent when, you, when 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 the team news came through. First of all, I saw Robert Sanchez, which was a bit of a surprise. Although I, I don't think Matty's quite been at his um, 
his best uh, this season. And then you look down further and there's, there's no Neil Mopay. And then you look down further <laughs> at the subs and there's no Neil Mopay or Aaron Connolly actually in the 18. Yeah. So, yeah, I think, I think it was a surprise. To some extent, we should know because we kind of got used to it with Graham Potter. He's, he's not, uh, you know, there are quite often surprises, maybe not as, as, as to the same extent as that, but from week to week, you know, we, you look at the number of players who have played, uh, young players who he's brought into the, to, to the team and playing in different positions. So he's always got something up his sleeve. And the only thing I would say is that we, I, supporters, we see the players when they play a game. Mm. He sees them day in, day out at yeah. training. So, uh, you know, that comes into it a lot as well. He'll, the way players are training, their attitude in training, that will play a part uh, as well as looking at the opposition and how they set up in the selections he makes. So I think it's quite easy to, for us to look at it and say, what was he done that yeah. for? You know, there's always going to be a reason. You might not agree with it, but the, there are going to be... Uh, sort of a thought process behind it. No, definitely. I, I think I think that was um, a big thing about sort of. Well, right for me, Ryan wasn't that much of a shock, but I feel like with Mope mm. not even being in the squad, I was a bit. I was a bit. I was like, why is he? So I, I straight away thought maybe like, mm. has he had a clash with the with the gaffer in training? Has he has he said something wrong or um, you know anything like that? Yeah. But it was yeah, it was interesting to see. You know, I fully trust Graham Potter. So for me, you know, seeing those sort of. I, I actually rated him a lot. Um, I don't know what you thought, Ryan, as well, with regards to that, um, you know, him making those bold changes. Okay, sorry about that. We had some uh, technical issues uh, from Ryan's end, so we're going to blame Ryan for that whole oh, tackle. Uh, so apologies for Brilliant. that. Uh, but just leave it, uh, just carrying on from where we left off. Um, so, of course, we're discussing Potter's uh, team selection. So, Ryan, what were your thoughts on him, um, yeah, leaving out Mopai and starting Sanchez in goal? Yeah, as I say, um, last week I was very reactionary uh, on the podcast. I think we were all very negative, very depressing. Um, and I think, we were saying, you know, Neil Mopé probably now was the time to change it, you know, give him a bit of a rest, give him a breather, uh, have a bit of a, um, you know, let his confidence come back a little bit uh, because he was missing a few sitters in front of goal. Um, so maybe it was the right decision just to leave him out, just to you know, give him a breather. Uh, but with Connolly, I've got absolutely no clue where he was. Um, mm. But um, yeah, I think with Sanchez as well, it's one of those things because... Um, now, a lot of people have been saying Matty Ryan hasn't been, you know, at his best recently, especially in the last probably half a season. Um, so yeah, I can I can see that one as to why Sanchez would get called up. But with that said, I don't get why uh, Steele or um, or Walton wasn't the next go-to. I was quite surprised it was Sanchez, uh, considering think, the highest level he's played. Jason Steele's probably getting it. his last minutes on the golf course, so maybe he's he's got a few days in lieu or something like that. <laughs> Potentially, <laughs> but I, I would say I'm, I'm Maybe, more confused. Yeah. I think I can appreciate the Sanchez giving him a go, young goalkeeper. But I'm yeah. more confused. Welbeck and Zakiri must be sitting on the bench thinking, right, Neil Mopé's been dropped. Here's our chance. One of us is going to start. Then, when the, if your manager then doesn't play a single striker, what what could <laughs> be going through their yeah. heads when that happens? But uh, this, this is this. So this is the thing. So would you? I think the question for me would be having a bit more transparency for the manager. So just the manager coming out and just saying, right, this is the reason why I left Neil Mopai. Because now it just leaves all these questions from you know mm. our fans, from journalists, from the media, you know, and that might get on his back a little bit. So in my opinion, mm. I know I know he did address. Um, he definitely addressed. So you know, Matty Ryan giving him a break, breather, and you know, yeah. it was just a fitness aspect. But then mm. I feel like with the striker situation, you know, why? I, I just felt like he could have maybe come out 
and just said, look, I've dropped Neil Mopo for X, Y, and Z. Um, and so then that makes me think, is there a sort of, you know, is there a bigger issue surrounding that um, as to why he's not told us about Mopay? So, yeah, I, I think it just, I would quite like a bit of transparency because like you say, having those two strikers, they're going to be wanting answers as well. So they're going to be sitting there thinking, what's going on? Um, and I think that doesn't help... Um, any you know anyone really um but yeah it, 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 i mean to be fair to, to potter i think sanchez was a great selection he played really well in yeah. my opinion um and we'll, we'll go on to that um actually because he made a very very good save um from um a deflection it's nearly an own goal um from veltman's deflection and so you know what just going back to you andy what, what were your thoughts on uh sanchez's performance on a whole i thought he did very well uh looked very didn't look phased by it at all. Um, he had that one, didn't he, early on, that cross. He just yeah, got his fingertips yeah, cool. too and yeah. probably had a little bit of luck. It, it, it broke away, <laughs> didn't, didn't, you know, didn't go into trouble. He had the shot soon after, which was fairly routine, wasn't it, above his head, tip over. Yeah. And if you actually look through the game, which you probably credit to Brighton, he didn't really have that much to do, did he? But, I mean, the save that you're referring to, uh, that, that was a... Really good like save, you know. Yeah. Um, he's, he's a big lad, <laughs> six foot five, mm. you know, yeah. which which I think might partly come into the thinking of playing him that presence. And also, he looked very comfortable, which I I know he's um, known for sort of internally for, for the ball at his feet. He mm. looked very comfortable with that, didn't he? The, the, I, the, the yeah. distribution side of it. So oh, I think, I yeah, really encouraging. Yeah, I know. I know. Ryan uh, mentioned it yesterday about his distribution. Um, you know, he looked really comfortable with his feet, and I think that's what you know. That's what I think. Any good sort of team. You look at Edison. You look at Allison. You know, you look at the top goalkeepers. That's an attribute they all have. So especially with um, possible I think that's now, a really well, playing out from the back. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. If you look at the way Graham Potter mm. plays, that's what he wants. You know, isn't no, he wants, what he wants from the goalkeeper. Yeah. So are we going to expect to see him? No, we going to expect to see him against Burnley then on Friday? What do we reckon? Or will Ryan come back in? What what you do now? I think I don't think it, there's a reason yeah. to drop him. That's the thing. Like you can't you can't just give him his chance and then take it away from him because he didn't do anything wrong. If he went out there and had a howler, yeah. was kicking it straight at the straight at Kane or Son, you know, then fair enough. But he didn't do anything wrong. He made a good save from from Veltman. Um, and yeah, I think overall there's nothing to yeah. to not let him start. I, th- just, I think yeah, I think you're right. I think. Sanchez will still be in goal. So you can guarantee that it'll be Matty Ryan now said that Friday. So not the captaincy <laughs> totally wrong. So. <laughs> well, just to, play devil, just to play devil's advocate then, uh, Andy, well, what, yeah. how, how will Ryan feel then if, if he's then dropped after one, you know, Sanchez has been in goal for one game? How does, how does that make Ryan feel? When, you know, his position as, as being the number one for the past two or three years. I'm, I'm not saying, you know, it's his given right to play, but mm-hmm. do you not, you know, how does, how does he feel then? Well, it's interesting, isn't it? If you look at since Matty came to the club, uh, I mean, when I look back, he's never been left out. He's He'd missed four games in all his time at Brighton. You know what, he's in his fourth season, is it now? And the only games he missed was when he was away with Australia, the Asian Cup. So it's the first yeah. time, actually. He's, he, so it was, it was a big call in, in that respect. You know, Manti, Matty's experienced enough, Australian international, he's been around enough. He's yeah. going to have to knuckle down and try and win that, win the gloves back. I think it's a sign yeah, of no, the times as well at Brighton at the minute because, you know, we've been completely revamping everything. 
Uh, we've seen like yeah. Murray, etc., Bruno, all that knockout just gone straight away. They're gone. Duffy as well. Um, and they're just, you know, you know, cult heroes down here. And then the next minute, nowhere to be seen. And, and they're, they're moved on and etc. And I think if we're looking to progress and want to be this top six, top 10, sorry, side, um, you know, we need yeah, a goalkeeper. Calm, <laughs> calm down, we, need a, we need a goalkeeper <laughs> that can play with his feet. We can't have a goalkeeper that just yeah. boots it out of the pitch every every goal kick. So, Tosh is to Matty. Don't get me wrong; he's a great guy. He's a, he's been a great servant. But if we're looking to progress, we need to be having a goalkeeper that can play with his feet more. Yeah, no, agreed. And I think I think it's just good to have competition. You know, I think I know. You, you look at Pig, you look at Pigford at Everton. He had no competition uh, before they signed Olsen. And I think he got very comfortable. Um, and that was a you know it showed by his performances that he just basically knew that he was going to get picked every game. So I think it's nice. It's good for him to have competition. Um, and yeah, it should be interesting to see how that develops. And um, so 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 moving on then from from Sanchez's debut, um, we of course got to talk about the big talking point. Uh, well, the first big talking point it was for uh, the penalty on Kane. Now um, <laughs> there's been a lot said about this. I know everyone's shaking their heads apart from Andy. <laughs> uh, but we'll start with you, Andy. Uh, what were your thoughts on? On, on that, well, on that foul uh, by Lalana on Kane for the penalty. Well, it's funny when you when you saw, when I first saw it in real time, you thought, M -m 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 is that a bit clumsy by Adam? Yeah. But yeah. but kind of subsequently, when you look at it, and I think the interesting thing uh, with Harry Kane, and you've probably seen footage of it yourselves. You know, there was a very similar incident at Burnley, wasn't there? Yeah, and West Ham as well. Uh, where, yeah, where he looks, where, where he does this yeah. thing, where he looks where the defender is, doesn't he, or yeah. or, or, or the opponent is, and then kind yeah. of almost invites that that challenge. I wouldn't go as yeah. far to say I've seen people say cheating. I wouldn't go as far as to call it cheating. Do you know, sorry, do you know who you it reminds it, me of? <laughs> it reminds me of Glenn Murray used to do it all the time. But the, the reason, the thing with Glenn yeah. Murray, sometimes it'll be a foul against us, but sometimes he'll win the foul. So because because yeah. he's putting the other player in danger by purposely doing that and not even looking at the ball. Yeah. So yeah, sorry, in my opinion, I don't think. You know, I mean, if 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 it's a Brighton player who does that, do you say, oh, yeah. he's a cheat? <laughs> you know, no, or, no, or, do, exactly, or do you exactly. think? Oh, that's 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 a bit cute, a bit clever. Yeah, <laughs> he was a bit lucky to get away with it. But yeah. well, well, it's funny you mentioned the word clever because that's uh, I was I was watching the game on BN Sports and uh, the commenters actually described Kane's what he did was by using the word clever. Now that was for me that was quite a a, a bit of a sort of a. a a choice of words because I felt like is it being clever or is it being deceitful? It's like how you know how, how do you sort of quantify what is being clever well, and what is being deceitful? Well, I think I think the aspect of it is that we shouldn't overlook is perhaps the risk to the other player. Mm, yeah. You know, you saw so, Adam Lana. You know, he fell very heavily, didn't he, Adam? The, the, the Burnley player in question fell heavily. So you know, yeah. there's that kind of that aspect of it. The the injury risk to the opponent. I think the yeah. danger there for Harry Kane is that, you know, it has been picked up on and it has been picked up on more than one occasion. So mm. officials might be looking out for that a bit more. Now. Yeah, is this something that yeah. the officials need uh, to figure out? Is this something that the FA need to discuss? Because it's a bit of a grey area. And it's, it seems like Harry Kane's found a loophole into winning these fouls consistently. Mm. But yeah, like he done it against Burnley yeah. and then previously against West Ham as well. Cresswell landed really badly as well, but oh yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah. he did. Mm. Mm. Yeah, right, and and also so, the, and then the second part of that whole penalty incident was was it inside or outside the box? Now, um, uh, I don't know about you, Ryan, but I personally thought it was actually 
I, I personally thought it was outside the box, but I don't know. I don't know what your thoughts. Do you think it was inside, outside? I mean, I think half his half a pixel of his toe was inside the box, which therefore means it's <laughs> a foul nowadays. Yeah. Um, so yeah. yeah, I mean, he fell into the box, doesn't he? But yeah, I don't think it was a penalty. I think at, at first look, it was a. I thought, yeah, okay, probably a free kick. Um, I did think it was a free kick. I didn't, I didn't disagree with that. But then when I watched it back and I saw the whole cane backing into him, making the yeah. fall straight over him, I was thinking, well, <laughs> you know, what, what else can Lallana actually do there? His eyes were on the ball the whole yeah. time. Uh, he wasn't, he wasn't looking to take Kane out, but Kane was looking at him to take him out. But somehow he won mm. the free kick or the, or the penalty in the end. Um, so yeah, I, I don't, mm. I don't, I don't understand it to be honest. I don't get how he's got away with that. Um, but as, as well as that, as Andy mentioned, the cheating aspect, I think um, it's not just the it's not just that one. I'd, I'd say multiple times Kane was going down very, very, very easily for a man of his size and mm. uh, and quality as well. He was going down at the slightest of touches as well mm. as Hume Min Son. Yeah, notable one against Basuma, was wasn't it? it? Didn't barely touch yeah, him, and it just was, dived over him. It was borderline unwatched. Yeah. It's borderline unwatchable when they're just diving everywhere. I mean, I can't say Aaron Connolly uh, helps himself on that aspect, but no, <laughs> we don't have yeah. we don't have too many divers as far as I'm concerned, as, uh, other than Connolly, yeah. to be honest. Well, There's just one yeah. other aspect. There was just one other aspect of the whole incident, really. That I think it's mm. worth referring to. And don't get me wrong, I really like Eve Basuma. Think, yeah. think he's a really good prospect. There's still occasions of that sort of bit naivety with him. Yeah, true. And, you know, it shouldn't really have come come to the incident at all. We shouldn't really be talking about it because yeah, he should have cleared it properly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, I, I, he miscued his clearance. Yeah. And, um, I was about to say that. He didn't clear yeah. his lines at all. Um, yeah. And, and that, that's that's what led yeah. to Lalana, yeah, yeah, doing what he did. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, like you said, he's sort of given the referee a choice there. He's, he made him make a decision and... Uh, yeah, and that that leads me on quite nicely to the whole referee. So let's talk about the refereeing of the game. So obviously <laughs> Mourinho wasn't happy with it. Uh, yeah. We weren't happy with it. You know, so both sides weren't happy with the referee. So this is uh, one for you, Andy. With regards to the the officiating. So now everyone's blaming VAR. They're saying, okay, you know, VAR is a problem. Blah blah blah. But ultimately. Is it not down to the referee to then? So he, for example, with the um, let's talk about the March incident. You yes. know, with the March tackle and the goal uh, for Lamptey's goal. Could you not argue that the referee had what about twenty five views of that of that yeah. incident, and yet he still made the decision he made? So that's not VAR. That's the referee. That's so exactly. Yeah. No, I, I quite agree with you. If you look last night, the three, if you like, major incidents. We just talked mm. about one, and you know, arguably, got them all wrong. Um, yeah. I, I, I thought it was a penalty on Trossard. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. When I looked at that again, um, the fact that he, he he tugged him, but then took it. You know, I thought, well, well, no, he's he's he's, he's tugged it's him. Very similar you know? to what and, Lamptey Lamptey done to Batshuayi against Palace. So why? Yeah. How can that yeah. two weeks ago, yeah. three weeks ago, yeah. be given? A yeah, penalty? good point. Yeah, it, it, it was quite minimal similar. contact. But he and, and then and and then I'm with you. I mean. What I really didn't understand, and it proved me wrong because uh, we did a piece actually about it on, on The Athletic a few weeks ago, this whole aspect of the referee going to a monitor. And it's almost like predetermined because yeah. because if you think about it, if you've got another referee saying to you, oh, you might want to look at that, you know, I'm not sure. And every other decision so far had, had been overturned, hadn't it? Yeah. Going to a monitor. Yeah. 
I cannot for the life of me understand how Graham Scott has looked at that and thought <laughs> yeah. it's not a foul. I think he had, he had, what, 25 looks at it? And like, as a Brighton fan, I was like, look, that is a foul. Solly March has not got anything of the ball. Yeah. That is a foul. And, and that goal, should, that Lamptey goal should have been ruled out, really. Well, perhaps um, that's the key to it, Maz, that he had 25 looks looks at it he's having <laughs> yeah. so many looks to convince himself that it, the original decision yeah. he made was in fact yeah. wrong. Yeah. But he was wrong I mean I, no, I think everyone recognises he was wrong no, definitely. Um, and I think, yeah, just to reiterate your point is, you know, maybe they shouldn't have that many, maybe they should be like, a, maybe, I don't know, this could be crazy. I don't know if you guys agree or not, but maybe they should have a, a time limit, maybe? Is there like a, you yeah, know, yeah, they have I 30 agree. seconds to review it or yeah, they, uh, they a minute to review it? definitely do that because it's just take, it, not that we're there at the moment, but when we are there, it takes away the excitement so much. I mean, you're you're sitting in the stands, we don't have a clue what's going on. We're just looking at the monitor, uh, the big screens, seeing VAR checking possible handball and we're just like, what possible handle? Yeah. We didn't even see it, or something like that. And we it, should get, yeah, it's yeah, just really. Yeah. We should get the countdown theme tune. Do 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 penalty. That would, that, would, that would make it a bit more that exciting, would. to be fair. Uh, but yeah, hopefully. But I, I suppose as well then, that time factor then then hinders maybe the decision-making. So, for example, if a referee thinks, oh, I've only got 30 seconds to make a decision, he could then make the wrong one. So, I don't know. I think it's a, yeah, it's a tough one um, to get right. Because, yeah, if you give them too, too much time, they overthink it. If you don't give them enough time, they don't think about it properly. So, <laughs> it's a bit of a catch-22, I suppose, um, which is very frustrating. But yeah, we, we touched on the Trossard penalty incident. Now, I think we're all in agreement that it should have been given. Um, it was quite clear that... Was it Doherty that yeah. grabbed him? Yes, it was. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I think we're all in agreement that that should have been given and, and wasn't. Um, so that was very, very uh, Do you think yeah, that was playing in Graham Scott's mind? Is that why he maybe thought, right, I need to give him this goal? Would that, do you think he would have had a look at that half-time and thought, oh, maybe I've made a mistake there or maybe VAR's made a mistake. Let me give this one to them. That uh, uh, can come into a referee's thinking, can't it? And and quite often players, who we go back to the cute thing, you know, they might be in the referee's yeah. ear, uh, some yeah. players, even though they know that actually what they're arguing against. Yeah, no, <laughs> he, definitely. He's made the right decision, but it's just so that the next time it happens, hmm. it's playing on his mind. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, and and we were um, obviously the the deciding factor, of course, was Gareth Bale. So I, I was actually funny enough in my work group chat. I, uh, I I said to the boys at work, I said, any money the day Gareth Bale turns up for Tottenham <laughs> in, in his second stint is going to be tonight. And and I kid you not, within about ten minutes, he he goes and scores. Um, so let's talk about the goal. Um, so Ben, starting with you, with regards to the the, the marking, mm-hmm. or, or shall I say, the non-existent off, yeah. marking for the goal. Uh, <laughs> the lack of marking. Would you? Uh, what do you put that down to? Is it not being? You know, is it the way that they're you know set up? You know, to deal with uh, you know set pieces, or was it just down to just bad defending? As, well, as a I whole? think at that time, a moment of play, we had Pascal Gross playing at right back, but then we had I think we still had Ben White playing CDM. We had three other, three or four other defenders on the pitch or so. So you think one of them would at least mark him? Mm. But no. But yeah, so I see <laughs> Pascal Gross running back, playing like a right wing back role. Sergio Reguilon's got the ball. I'm thinking, oh no, this is trouble here. There's no way of him keeping up. <laughs> he brings it on his brings yeah. it on his weaker foot, and I thought it was a great ball. But like like we said, Webster, mm. where was he? Where was where was mm. Webster? And then yeah, Bale had a free free header, great header. Sanchez couldn't do anything about mm. it. But um, yeah, I yeah. just think yeah, where was the mark in there? He'll be he'll be upset with that one. I think when he sees it back. 
Yeah, and, and and I think that's the that's the frustrating thing, especially as a Brighton fan, is seeing our supposedly like our strongest asset apparently is our defense. So mm. when we see when we see mistakes like that, it's just so frustrating as a Brighton fan to mm. see like us making those silly mistakes where I feel like they could be avoided at times. And but don't know, to take away nothing from the goal. You know, it was a great header, great cross, um, and on the whole of it, did they deserve it? Probably not, but you know that was a factor. Um, I mean, at the end of the day, they showed their clinic. You know, I think that's the big thing is yeah. we we don't. You know, they showed that they were clinical, and we didn't. We didn't take our chances. They had they fours did. on the pitch, um, and we I didn't. It's just those. It's just those lapses in concentration, isn't it? Yeah. And I'm afraid at this level, Premier League, you get. You know, you probably get away with that in the Championship. Yeah. But not in the Premier League, and, and particularly we, when you're playing one of the top teams. Yeah, Andy, we haven't been in the Championship for four years. We, we would have thought we'd, <laughs> we'd, we'd catch up by now. <laughs> Clearly not. We've got we've got a long way to go, I think, uh, which is uh, yeah, which is a shame. But uh, no, no, definitely. I, I think, yeah, you make a great point. It's those moments of uh, lack of concentration and, and just not taking our chances. And I mean, with a, without a striker on the pitch, I mean, it's quite hard to take your chances, isn't it? Um, so um, if we had maybe someone like that. But talking to strikers as well, uh, right. What were your thoughts on um, Danny Welbeck? I know it was a short cameo, uh, but what, what did you think of him? What, what was his impact? It's two touches of the ball. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, he looked all right, didn't he? I, he didn't really have much of the ball, did he? he um, I think he's a, he's a, he, see, he strikes me as a good target man type thing. I think if we get Mope back in, back in whatever was going on with him, if he's got a bit of confidence back again, uh, maybe for Burnley, hopefully, I don't know his situation. Um, but I think it could be something worth looking into because he looks like he's in. He, he uses his body quite well. I remember in the corner um, towards the end of the game, he was just putting his body in there, sort of, um, yeah, just that sort of target man role. Um, and that's what we don't have, and that's what we haven't had for a while since Murray sort of fell off a little bit. Um, and that's what I said a few podcasts ago now um, about how Neil needs a, a strike partner and. Um, when, when he needs someone to sort of play that big man, little man role, like how, he, um, not Hamid, but yeah. Murray and Crouch, Bulldog Crouch played. Crouch and Defoe. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, yeah, on a bigger scale. But yeah, Murray and Bulldog played really well uh, in in the championship. And I think that's something that definitely could work with Mope uh, for when he's, you know, low on confidence. He's got the big man with him to sort of help him out, flick a header on or something like that, just to sort of help him out a little bit up there. Yeah. And uh, I don't know about you, Ben, but I, I quite would have liked to have seen Zakiri mm. instead of... Welbeck coming yeah. on just to see what he's all about, really. You know, I'm very intrigued by him. Yeah, what what role would What's he that, offer sorry? to the team? He's not he's not really a target man. He's but yeah. he's I don't know. I have, mm. yeah, I haven't seen enough of him to know. Do you know what about you, Andy? Have you seen any of his clips at all? Well, honestly, no, I, I haven't seen <laughs> enough of him. You know, this is a lad from 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 the, the Swiss second division, isn't it? But you know, I think their whole their whole recruitment of young players is really interesting and and, and, and the model behind that. Um, but going back to the kind of striker, they've really been looking, you know, for a, if you like, a younger, more mobile version of Glenn um, for some time. That has been the kind of what, what they've been after. And in that respect, Danny Welbeck, I know a few people kind of turn their nose up, but... I, I think why not? You know, he he was available uh, because because he because he um, agreed a settlement with Watford that made him available. They weren't going to pay a, a fee for him or a loan fee, but they've brought him in. You look at his rec. I know he's not a prolific goal scorer for his club career. Was for England. Mm, in, uh, if, you, if you look at his record for England, 
Um, he's got that physical presence about him, hasn't he? I mean, there was the one, like you say, he didn't have much involvement, but he went in on Loris for that for that um, cross, didn't he? Uh, you're running behind. So, yeah, I, I think potentially he could make a difference on the pitch, aside from the difference that I'm sure he will make in the dressing room, along with Adam, Adam Lalana, because... Yeah. We shouldn't forget this is essentially a, by Premier League standards, a very young squad now. Yeah, no, definitely. I, I think, yeah, you, uh, with regards to Welbeck, like like you mentioned, I think with Lallana, it's their experience they bring as well, not just their their ability on the pitch. Like with a lot Lallana, he's just, he, I think he showed yesterday his class. He's still got it. Um, I thought he's one of the, our best players, to be honest. Um, and yeah, I, I think that's a very good point is that they bring more than just the skills on the pitch. Um, and I think that's what we need. Like you said, our average age, I believe it's like 24, 25, I believe, yeah. our, our average squad age. And um, yeah, I think we need those leaders and th- those people behind the scenes that you don't see, you know, necessarily day in, day out. But, you know, you need those players. And so I think that's that's one key thing. I, I've always been, I've not been his biggest fan, Danny Welbeck. I've sort of slated him a little bit in the past <laughs> couple of pods. Um, but, you know, the other, other factors he can bring is sort of making me feel a bit more, you know, happy about it. And the fact it's only a, a one-year deal as well. Um, um, is, is 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 good as well for me. Um, but then the final thing, I suppose, then on the game itself. Um, so Solly March, of course, got injured uh, and, and went off. And I, I personally thought he played really well down that left wing, um, and he offered a lot. And I feel like as soon as he came off, um, things you know we didn't look as maybe um, competent at the back, and then going forward as well, we sort of lost that little bit of edge. So I don't know about you, Andy. Do you think he's what he's come? He's come on a lot this season, um, and he's been playing quite well recently. What do you think of him? Do you think he's a he's good enough to start for us? Yeah, I've been really waiting for Solly to kick on, if you like. He, he's, mm. To me, he's kind of levelled out a bit. He looked such a good good prospect. Hasn't really happened for him, has it, in, in the Premier League? Sort of promising yeah. so much because he's got that ability to go around players. His, his, his yeah. actual final delivery and his goal return is very poor. But I think what you've got now um, and what, what you've had from the start of the season, when you've got Tarek Lamptey right wing back and Solly left wing back, I like that setup, and that's part of the reason why Ben White has been playing in midfield, just to give that extra protection, because you've got two very attack-minded wing-backs. I mean, we saw that again with Tarek last night, didn't we? So um, that's part of the thinking behind playing playing Ben White in that midfield role, that. Just, just just to be a bit 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 more solid. But I th- that was unfortunate with Solid because it was a total accident, wasn't it? Doherty yeah. trod on that complete accident that one but it did look yeah. nasty I I'd, I mean listen hope so but it wouldn't surprise me if he's well, certainly missing for the Burnley game yeah any any insider scoop on the length of time he's out for or no not <laughs> not, not, not at the moment as but no. um yeah uh, you, you'd like to think wouldn't you because the Burnley game comes and then there's the international break it's a shame really, isn't it a bit, bit more time but yeah yeah but yeah it, it didn't look great that did it mm. There was talk of him getting the uh, England call-up, wasn't there, uh, yesterday, day before, I think. Uh, oh, really? There was talk of March being having a surprise call-up from Southgate. Wow. I think he's uh, probably got that um, that link with Southgate from back in the youth team. I remember oh, yeah. in 2017, was it? He scored that pretty uh, amazing goal. Um, yeah. But yeah, like I, again, I think um, yeah, March has been great this season. I, I've always been one of March's mm. biggest critics over the last few years, just because I think of how much... I remember in the championship, there was so much talk of how great he can be. And then in the Premier League, it just yeah. really wasn't happening. But I think maybe he's found his role at left back or left wing back. Yeah. Um, 
and yeah, if he did get if he didn't get injured yesterday, I think there was definitely a chance he could get in that England team. Yeah, well, I mean, if you can get past Mason Mount, um, so you know, I'm sure he'll he'll have a chance with Gareth, <laughs> yeah. Gareth Southgate. Is his favorite, his favorite at the moment. So uh, yeah, if you can get past him, I'm sure he'll get a shout in uh, potentially. Uh, but no, okay, no, and and yeah, that's pretty much a summary of the game. Really, um, it was just to sort of summarise it, I suppose, just from my perspective, I, I, I think I was actually quite happy, you know, before the game, I saw that starting lineup and I thought, Jesus Christ, what is going on? Um, you know, prepare for the worst, potter out. Uh, no, no, I wasn't at all. Um, but no, I, I was I was personally quite shocked by the, the lineup. And then, and then by the way we played, I thought, I thought we'd done well. You know, we, we really sort of gave it to them. Uh, most parts, we were actually dominating possession, really sticking it to them. And yeah, we ended up losing, but it was very positive for me. And and I, I really like the way that Potter actually made some sort of big decisions. It didn't show, show like he's just, he's just a yes man or, you know, he's just happy just to trot along at, uh, you know, the pace we're going at. So I don't know if you guys, what you so guys thought fair, as a summary. Say he's got some balls leaving out a striker whilst having two new strikers on the bench. So I'll give him that. He's, <laughs> he surprised me in that, in that respect. What about you, Ryan? Yeah, I think, well, it's clear that Graham isn't a pushover, isn't it? Over the last couple of years he's been there. He's, he's always been the one to make the drastic decisions, isn't it? As Andy said earlier, he's, he's, he's not here to sort of, um, like Hewton, again, I don't want to slate Hewton, but he always used the same team. Even if we were doing bad, it would be the same team, same lineup. Um, he wouldn't make any big changes, even if someone was bang out of form. Um, but with, with Potter, it's just like, if you're not playing well, I'll take you out if you don't get back in because everyone else is playing all right. And I like that yeah. attitude, to be honest. I think it's, it makes him quite respectable, to be honest. Yeah. No, I, I think the thing is with the perspective from last night, it's what the expectation was going into the game, which I think yeah, would have yeah. been pretty low, low yeah. generally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you exactly. Know, yeah, and, yeah. and coming out the other side of that, with a bit of disappointment that they didn't get a result. Yeah, I mean, if I, if I look at the start of the season overall, and I think, Graham Potter made that point when he was a little, uncharacteristically for him, a little bit sort of um, tetchy, let's say, uh, pre the pre-match press conference on the Thursday after West Brom. And I think that's because if you look at the overall start to the season, they've probably had in terms of performance one bad 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, that came against West Brom in a game where everyone was expecting them yeah. to win. Yeah. So, yeah. um, so, and that's a very that's a very rare sight, isn't it? I think Brighton expected going into a game expecting yeah. to win it, which is I yeah. think maybe was that a bit of added pressure? Do you think on for the West Brom game? Uh, possibly, yeah. I, I, I can understand the concerns from people with that one because I think I, I think the feeling is that if you're playing at home against a team that's just come up, um, you're sort of in reasonable control. You're one 0 up looking to go on that you'll go on and win the game and then that slips by then people start to say well where are these because you need what nine ten wins don't you that's your sort of starting point in the Premier League where are they going to come from that's that's kind of that's kind of the fear factor if you like but you've got to you've got to kind of have the conviction that if the performance levels do continue overall the way they have been so far then um you know, I'd like to think they'll be okay. 
Yeah, no, definitely. I, I think uh, some some fans, uh, you know, little pockets of Brighton fans are, are panicking a little bit, you know, saying, you know, what, you know, we haven't got enough points. But you look at the table, we've got, what, five points. And then you look at the bottom three, they've got one point. So, well, mm-hmm. Fulham actually, as as we're filming, they're actually 2 new up, so they'll be on four. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But, you know, yeah, I think it's Burnley and I can't remember the other Sheffield team. United, isn't it? Uh, but they're on, they're on a point. West Brom, Sheffield United, didn't they? Yeah, so that, there you go, there you go. Yeah, so mm-hmm. they're all on a point. So really, you know, we're not doing too bad in comparison to, you know, the, the ones right at the bottom. But of course, we want to be better than that. And we want to be, you know, uh, aspiring for more. But, you know, it's not as bad as I think as some people might be thinking. I think right it's now. probably um, the, um, the manner of way we've played. Um, we've played really, really, really well. Um, against United, we were very unlucky. Uh, that's pretty much, you'll never see a more unlucky game, I think, than the United game in the Premier League, to be honest. Hitting the, <laughs> hitting the post, the crossbar. Uh, all that stuff, yeah. it was, yeah, that was just unlucky. And I think that's maybe where the expectations are raised. Um, you know, if, it, if we're controlling games, you know, by 70% possession, we're having 20 shots and et cetera. Um, I can understand where that sort of, that feeling comes from, where we should have a lot more points than we already do. But mm-hmm. at the same time, yeah, we've got to remember we are Brighton <laughs> and we are where we are and, and yeah. that's why we're here. But, at the same time, yeah. you know, we are, we've been performing a lot better than your average relegation fodder team, if you know what I mean. What was that tweet, Maz, oh, that kind of summed yeah. it up quite well? It's like, um, Brighton are a team that score loads of goals, but they don't score loads of goals. Well, do you remember the one you, we posted? Yeah, it was, yeah. Yeah, it was something, something, basically, basically, yeah, it was a tweet basically saying that, yeah, we look very pretty. Um, like, we look like a team that should be, that scores loads of goals, but we, in actual fact, we don't. Um, so I think that's a quite a good summary. So we, we look pretty and, and all these teams in the Premier League think we're great, but we don't have much substance <laughs> to back it up, um, which is a, a real shame. But fingers crossed, we can turn around. There's plenty of time for it. Um, so, right. Right, so that, that's the, the Spurs um, game reviewed. And um, we'd like to sort of learn a little bit more about you, Andy, if that's all right. Um, especially for, you know, fans listening that, you know, don't know so much about you. Um, you know, Andy, Andy the person rather than, you know, just that reporter that, you know, gets linked with Brighton all the time. Um, so just, just to start off then, um, how did you get into journalism and, you know, into the whole sporting world? Because, um, if, correct me if I'm wrong, you're actually a, a Stoke fan. Is that is that correct? Yes, yeah. Do we, we'll, we'll come on to that, shall we? Probably a good starting point because I, I, I get, I don't know, I've lost count of the number of times I get asked, why a Stoke fan? Are you from there? Yeah. Are you family? No, no, no. I'm a Brighton boy. Uh, you know, I was born, born and bred in Brighton. It was just one of my earliest memories um, was the 70 World Cup, the save from Pele. And um, for Gordon Banks, I'm talking about, he was my hero. So there's the explanation for, for, ah, for the spoken. Gordon Banks was my hero as a, as a lad. Um, he just happened to be playing for Stoke at that time. So <laughs> 72 League Cup final beating Chelsea, the only trophy we've ever won. Don't keep reminding me. So I've just kind of been a Stoke fan all the way through, really, because of that, because of, oh, because of, um, because of Gordon Banks. So... Um, but like I say, I'm a Brighton boy. Um, loved my sport, uh, sport mad. Um, when I was at school, where, where um, did you go to college and school? I, I went to Longhill. Oh, nice. So, okay. so I was brought, I brought up in Woodingdean. Uh, Ian Chapman went to the same school. Adam Elabd oh, after that. Nice. Unfortunately, they unfortunately they were better defenders than me. <laughs> <laughs> did, did you did you play back in the day? Did you, did you absolutely? Play yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Longhill was uh, essentially it was more of a rugby school. 
which yeah, was a they've little been bit good unfortunate. But, um, but I did all that. I mean, without I played for Brighton Boys and and um, I had one or two games um, for Brighton Youth Team. Um, but you know, the reality was, I, I, I when I look back, I, I think the thing that held me back when I was a young lad, I sort of I didn't have much self confidence. Um, which um, you sort of look back and you think, why now? But, yeah. but you know, you le- you learn that kind of thing. But um, but I was always kind of I had I was half decent at English at <laughs> school. Yeah. And, right, okay. um, so kind of writing up if I couldn't play uh, professionally, uh, whether that be tennis, golf, or whatever. Um, well, why not? Why not write about it? So in that in that sense, yeah. I'm really fortunate because I'm in a career that I wanted to do, and yeah. I'm well aware that an awful lot of people don't get that. So, yeah, definitely. Sure. Definitely. Like, I, I, I work yeah. in I work in sports media as well. So basically, yeah. my, my my yeah my day job as well is to write about football and watch football. So I essentially get paid to watch football. So I mean, yeah. I, I can I can definitely relate. I'm very very fortunate doing something I love doing. So it's mm-hmm. amazing to hear that you know um, there's other people that do yeah do the same thing and feel mm-hmm. the same way, uh, which mm-hmm. is really really good. And of course, what with regards to you your, your experience, obviously you, you're very well experienced. I believe over 37 years. Um, Within within the industry, is that right? Yeah, well, I went up to um, um, I went up to Birmingham, did all my training in Birmingham. My wife's from Birmingham. Uh, I moved up there, did all my training, and was actually going to join the Derby Telegraph. Um, okay. I was offered a job on the Derby Telegraph, which at that time I'm talking now we're going back quite a way, sort of eighties. <laughs> was was quite a forward thinking regional newspaper in terms of the design and stuff. But a job came up at the Argus at the same time. It was a chance to come back home, and um, I the rest is took, the rest yeah. is history. Yeah. And, and, ended, and ended up at the Argus for thirty-two years. Wow, so. amazing, amazing! Yeah. And of course, you know, thirty-two years at the Argus, which is an incredible uh, feat for for any any job. I think, let alone um, yeah, if, you know, in sports writing. Um, what was your what was your most memorable moment uh, whilst at the Argus? What, what would you if you could pick one single moment to relive? What what would you pick? If I had to I'm pick sure there's one, many. <laughs> yeah, it, that's a difficult question because there have been a lot. I've been very lucky. I would actually say, and it's not football, I would say covering the 2012 Olympics, the London oh, Olympics, wow. okay. which was oh, a well, fantastic well. one-off experience. Well, we obviously there were there were athletes, uh, uh, competitors in different sports from Sussex, from from our patch, and. Um, yeah, I, I spent the whole period doing that, which, you know, I got to learn about sports I'd never covered before, like uh, handball and water polo. <laughs> and fencing and, and stuff and like shooting that. shooting. <laughs> but it was fantastic because I was very lucky to have a sort of almost a ringside seat for the golden hour, you know. Um, oh, and also also to see um, Usain Bolt. And uh, so that was a fantastic... And I've never, I've never, ever heard the noise that when Mo Farah came round the final bend. Oh, wow. What, what a moment. That must have been incredible. I've, ne- I've, yeah. ne- I've never heard a noise like that in any sports stadium uh, that I've, I, I've been in. Apart from the Amex, uh, obviously, yeah. No, I'm afraid I've never experienced it at the Amex, although I always look back at the Amex. <laughs> For me, the best 
atmosphere there was at the Amex was for half an hour in the playoff second leg against Sheffield Wednesday. Yes. It was was just... uh, And funny enough, the first leg at at Hillsborough was absolutely Mm. bouncing. It almost felt as if... Uh, in the main stand at Hillsborough that night, it almost felt like if the floor was moving under your feet. And uh, that's, but at that's the Amex, the stadium, Andy. I think uh, at the Amex that night for half an hour, uh, when Lewis Dunk gave them early lead, and you thought they might be able to pull it back. Um, that's that's the best atmosphere I've experienced at the Amex. Although, of course, the actual clinching promotion was a mm. was a fantastic day as well. That would have to rank as a as a as a one of the most memorable days as well. Amazing. All right. Well, I'm I'm very envious because it sounds like you've had some incredible, incredible experiences, and I'm sure I'm sure you've got many more to come. Hopefully, once this whole uh, COVID situation is done. Um, but of course, with being the Argus for 32 years, um, what was you know moving to Athletic? It was quite. Um, I remember at the time, obviously, like I said, working in sort of the social media world um, when the the sort of the talks of the Athletic coming about was quite big. You know, a lot of people were a bit. Not upset, but they were a bit uh, questionable, you know, of of, of the um, athletic and what what their intentions were. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, it was a big move for yourself. Um, mm-hmm. You know, what you know, were you upset about leaving the Argus? Did you see it as in a fresh start? You know, what what was your your thoughts on that? It's one of those things. It it came up again. Really fortunate. I feel really fortunate about it because it just came at a good time for me. Um, I wasn't really happy. You know, generally speaking, with our industry, the way things have gone um, with newspapers and, and this kind of stuff you're being asked to do didn't yeah. really sit with me very well. Um, the whole kind of clickbait stuff. Um, and then and then this this organisation came along who I didn't really know much about until I got a, 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 a text from a guy called Ed Malian, who was the sports editor at The Independent. And he's our guy in America. And then I had a meeting with Alex Kajelski, who's my boss now. He was the sports editor of the Times. And it just felt like I had a, I sort of left the meeting and I sort of had that, right, what are the positives here and what are the negatives? Hmm. And I just had a whole list of positives and not many negatives. So actually it was, it was a, in the end, it was was actually a very easy decision. Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, I mean, of course, uh, as bright as bright fans, I think we speak for well, I speak for Brian and Ben as well. It was a great, you know, we, we obviously miss you a lot because you you were sort of the um, as we would describe you in the social social sphere as our Fabrizio Romano. You you are you know our go to <laughs> guy for everything. But I mean, you still obviously. Yeah, I mean, you still obviously do that for the athletic. Yes. Don't get me wrong, but obviously with the Argus, it was much more accessible. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, but I mean, yeah, we, we love what you do. And uh, of course, on Twitter. So just uh, it takes on quite nicely. Um, I don't know if you've seen this. I, I'm not sure how aware you are. But um, during sort of transfer period, you get a lot of memes made about you um, being sort of right. like uh, Naylor memes. <laughs> I don't know how to describe them, to be honest with you, without showing them. Putting, to you. putting Andy's uh, face on the, the World Cup winners. And stuff <laughs> yeah. Like just so yeah, sad. exactly. So, have you seen any of those at all? I've, uh, I've been sent them from time to time from my son, by my son, who I think Darren. you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah Darren. Yeah, yeah. So he occasionally <laughs> sends me, and we have a bit of a laugh about it. But, <laughs> but you know, it's just, it's just. I, I, I've always kind of taken, and it's, it's really going back, back to the old thing. I'm, if you like, a bit of an, I'm a bit old school like that. Um, yeah. You know, I. I always fought when I was at the Argus to maintain that integrity that if people read what we were saying, they kind of knew it had some credibility. And I've always kind of tried to maintain that. So I do 
you know, I don't just just write stuff that other people write. I check it out through our sources, and um, yeah, that's 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 just the way I've always worked. So I think it's important to have that integrity. And uh, I still get slaughtered to this day because I think there was two pe- two things that people always go back to. One was um, Craig McHale Smith. Yeah. Um, um, which I'd uh, just come back from holiday. Um, and I think I um, would show you how you can easily sort of get caught out. Everything sort of pointed to the fact that he wasn't signing for Brighton, which was in fact true. If you speak to Craig, he yeah. actually I looked. Craig a while ago, actually. Yeah, back he looked. He was going to Leicester. He was going to Leicester. Yeah, right? he said that. He said um, he was close to Leicester and yeah. Leeds, I think he said. Yeah. Or was it Hull, yeah. One of them. And he was, uh, it was, uh, uh, I think he was a bit put off because Sven Goran Eriksson, who was the manager at the time, didn't even really know who he yeah, was. Yeah, that was it. That was it. He thought, hang on, wait a minute. <laughs> so, um, and and the other one was the return of of Bobby Zamora, yeah. which okay. which you know I I was kind of um, given a steer that it was unlikely to happen, and what actually happened through that window when Bobby eventually signed, you know, they reached a point where those circumstances changed, and 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 then Bobby did. That's always the danger in the transfer window because you can say something. Yeah, one and minute, things just change. Yeah. Literally change the next minute with a phone call or, yeah. or, or you know, so people failed medical of, maybe. Or yeah, like there, there are so many, so many things that can change in an instant in the window. So you always have to be a bit careful the way you couch things. But I kind of think if I've if people are pointing the finger for two things I got wrong in thirty two years, that's not <laughs> too bad. So, yeah, you know, Sorry, ex- saying, exactly. You're exactly. saying that you're a bit old school, Andy. So. When it comes to social media and being, you're almost like a cult hero within the, the album online album community. So being an old school guy, how does that make you feel? Knowing that people, yeah, you're you're notorious. You're, you're the nailer. What's when people describe you? <laughs> the nailer. I don't know. I don't know who else describes as the well, nailer. But, but uh, he's, he's a cult hero. So like, how does that make you feel? Knowing that in the album community, that's that's what people think of you. You are you are the man. Oh, you're build, you're building me up very kindly, Ben, to being something I'm not. Look, look I'm just I'm just a guy trying trying to do the job to the best of my, my ability to do Humble. it honestly, yeah. <laughs> you know, to not, to not get too involved. It, you can, it's, it's, you know, as you know, so there are advantages to social media and there are disadvantages and it can be very toxic. Oh, yeah. and, but I, I'm fortunate in that respect. I don't get, you know, everyone's always going to have a, an opinion, aren't they? And, and you might have a different opinion. That's absolutely fine. It's just when it goes, it crosses that line and gets a bit personal and, it's just I don't like that sort of stuff. Yeah, how, disagree with me? That's absolutely fine. Andy, there's something no, that I spoke to you about back in February when I was at the press conferences with you. You may or may not yeah. remember. Um, when I was 14, I sent you an email, <laughs> and I was saying <laughs> oh, how I how I wanted to get into journalism and I wanted to basically work for the Argus when I was 14. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure I sent some email, and you come back to me and said. Uh, you know, keep it, keep in touch, but you're way too young <laughs> to be getting. <laughs> so when I when I um I started going to the press conferences a bit regularly uh, towards the end of last year, um, and before the coronavirus sort of got quite bad, um, and I saw you in February, and I <laughs> I thought this is a bit of a personal milestone for me because I've gone from in, when I was fourteen saying how I want to work for the Argus, emailing Andy Naylor, never expecting a reply. Um, to now interviewing you uh, on, on on our podcast is a it's quite a fitting yeah. moment I think. 
Well, that's well, that's good. I, 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 listen, I think generally, and you know, I've got my son's twenty-eight, uh, my daughter's twenty-five. Generally, I think I think young people are getting a bit of a bit of a rough time of things that things that you know, getting the finger pointed at them for a lot of the stuff that's going on. And um, I just I think it, it's a little bit unfair because um, I mean, we've got at the athletic, we've got some great young talent, some really. Really outstanding young Cole Anker as well. Cole Anker does Cole Anker, yeah. Oh. Uh, Ryan Conway who covers Derby for us. I mean, I, I don't really want to pick out because there were quite a few. Yeah, Peter Rutzler yeah. uh, who was doing Bournemouth is now doing Fulham. There's some really good and and really diverse as well. Um, yeah, you know we've got a really diverse pool of talent. So um, yeah, I'm all for sort of because everyone's you know. I had to start somewhere in my career. So have you got one, is, there one yeah. person, is there one person signed so, to each Premier League team? Is that how it works? Have you got a number of you that maybe work on Brighton? Yeah, or? yeah, a kind of what, well, more than one in some cases. So there is at least one. That's yeah, the way okay. I best describe it. Every team. Um, but certainly with the big clubs, we have two and in some cases, three even. Mm. So, um, but um, yeah, they kind of, the way the recruitment worked was they kind of, came to guys like myself in, you know, all over the country, uh, Leeds, Phil Hay, Phil Hay yeah. James Pierce, Paul Taylor, Notty. these are all guys who I knew, you know, you speak to each yeah. other on the circuit when, when you're at the papers and then kind of, so that was one layer and then there was a whole layer of, of national guys, Times, Guardian, Mail, so um, like the Avengers yeah, of so the journalism we, world you know, are coming together in one Yeah, two. literally. Yeah, so we, nice. we've got We've got, we've got, uh, yeah. It's it, it is a privilege actually to to kind of be working yeah. with people to be on the same yeah. team as, as as people like that. I did so a ba- basically, sorry, what no, you sorry, no, it's gone. <laughs> no, 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 no. I was just going to say, uh, Ryan, he's basically saying that you've got a chance. Basically, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> give, it, give it a couple, of, give it a couple of years. You, yeah, he's, was, he's saying that you can, you can, you can get a call up. I was doing a uh, video with uh, Dan Bardle, who's the Villa end, I believe, at the Athletic. Yes. Um, yeah. I did a video yeah. with him back in February on BBC, which was um, a great experience. But yeah, The Athletic is building into one of like the biggest things in sports media right now. It's pretty amazing, to yeah. be quite honest. I, th- I think yeah. I think the be- I think the analogy Ben gave is probably nail on the head. Um, it's pretty much the Avengers. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like all the best all the best talent being pulled up into one team. Yeah. Um, no, it's cool. And, uh, it's no, cool. It, it's it's yeah, it's, it's it's really great. Like it's a great concept. I think uh, whoever you know whoever whoever heads it up or you know whoever started it, fair play to them because <laughs> they've done, they've done a very good job of collecting basically the best mm. talent in in the country. Um, and it's yeah, good though that um, you know it's for the young people as well. As Andy said, yeah. like sometimes young people don't really get the chances. Uh, people always go for the experience. You know, I'm only 19 here and <laughs> Magic 29. Mm. Ben, you're 25. Like, we're, yeah, all, yeah, we're all quite yeah, like, yeah, in that bracket. So, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll stay as the little baby. Like, it's good. It's good. Yeah. It's good. There's more no, opportunity. No, definitely, and, and I think um, just to sort of touch on your point, um, Andy, as well. Like, I, I work, I work in your industry as well. Um, I don't know if you you've heard of Sport Bible and Odds Bible. I don't yeah. know if you've heard yeah, of them. Absolutely. Yeah, so I, I, I work for them. So uh, yeah, when you talk about clickbait, I sort of uh, cowered away. <laughs> I was like, oh god, he's, that's he's his bread he's and butter. That is. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's literally my bread and butter, which I felt terrible about. Um, but I think it just shows the differences, like you know, a big difference between what you guys do and what, what for example, we do. So we cater yeah. for very different needs and very different. Yeah. 
audiences, whereas you cater for a completely different demographic. And, um, and of course, there's crossover. You know, some people enjoy the athletic and they enjoy what we do, yeah. uh, vice versa. Um, but it's just great to see that I think now, I think well, the beautiful thing about uh, sports media now is uh, it's so readily, readily available and anyone can sort of, you know, give their opinion. Um, and there's so many different sources now, whereas I feel yeah. like just look at 10 years ago, you, there's maybe one source of information, you know, you, for example, the Argus, for example, you know, if you're a Brighton fan, that's probably your probably your best and only sort of source of information. Whereas now you look at you look at the internet and you've got uh, thousands of sources of information. Uh, so yeah, you're absolutely right. And and you're right about knowing your audience as well. That's important, mm. you know, to, to, yeah. to picture content at the right right level. I mean, you mentioned earlier about transfer windows. And, and one of the th things I find frustrating, and listen, that, that's part of it, that Brighton will, through one transfer window, get linked with goodness knows how many players. Yeah. Uh, but but what tends to happen, and it's more, it's emphasised more in a transfer window, is that there will be a story that has actually got no foundation mm. in it. Yeah. And it just yeah. gets repeated. It gets repeated and it, with no checks, it gets repeated and it gathers this kind of momentum where every people probably understandably start thinking, oh, well, it must it must be true because there's yeah. 10 different 10 different outlets. Yeah, that's the negative it. having all these, all, all these What they don't quite that. get is that quite often that's yeah. come from one outlet to begin yeah. with where the story no, in fact hasn't got any substance. <laughs> No, definitely. And I'll, I'll, I'll put my hands up straight away. And uh, I, I've been guilty in the past personally, like myself, uh, sometimes not doing my best in terms of fact checking and verifying. But, uh, you know, that's all part of the learning process is, you know, learning that, you know, that you should always fact check. You should always make sure your, your sources are reliable. And yeah. Um, because, yeah, you don't want to be you don't want to be left with, you know, egg on, egg on your face. You know, if something doesn't go through or it's just a complete lie, it's just it's just not a good look. Um, yeah. So we always yeah, we always try our best to make sure that where we get our information is reliable. I'm sure it's, yeah, it's even more so, you know, prudent for yourself. Uh, yeah, to make we, sure that we all certainly, you know, quite often, I mean, you know, quite particularly if it's sensitive stuff, we, we'll double check, we'll triple, have triple checks, you know, to, to make sure we get we get it right. Yeah. And and just just quickly on the whole sort of, get, you know, information, I suppose, uh, aspect of it um, with regards, because obviously you've got uh, you, your your information is very like I would say 99.9 percent .9 reliable. Mm -hmm. So um, with regards to that, do you is it just having links within the club or, you know, for example, do they do they tell you certain things or do you go out and find it yourself? How, how does that work? Well, when I say again, sort of old school, if you like, is contacts. Yeah. It's who you know, isn't it? It's who you know, not what you know. <laughs> key thing and building up those relationships. You know, you have to build up a relationship with people. You build up that trust so that, because it works both ways, you know, if, if they don't trust you, they're, they're not going to tell you stuff. So yeah, yeah. it's really build building up those contacts, which, you know, comes comes with time, really, I guess, and, and experience. Obviously, because I was connected doing the job for that long on Brighton over that time, yeah. I've, I've I've built up um um a lot of contacts, so so you that's that's kind of the what 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 you're relying on really. Yeah, and, and do you ever feel like sort of you know a bit top of the world when you get told information before anyone else, or or certain information that you're only privy to and no one else is? Do you do you ever get that sort of uh, what you know, it, that, well? There's that always way? you know there's there's kind of that part of the buzz, isn't there? From the, from the job, there's always that aspect of it. Yeah. Um, you know, that kind of, yeah, mo motivates you, <laughs> mo motivates you as well, yeah. you know, that, um, <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, you, you're always going to get, 
that aspect of it. Yeah, that's, that's part part of the job, isn't it? Part yeah. of part of the fun, really. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. Sounds great. Um, all right, amazing. Um, so yeah, no, it's great, great to learn more about you, you, and uh, you know what you what you do on a day to day basis and how that information sort of uh, sourced and all that sort of stuff. And of course, I, I, I probably talk for all of us, but we're all in awe of what you've done and what you're doing. Um, so yeah, we're just you know as Brighton fans, we love we love what you do and. Um, we hope you carry on doing that for for as long as you can. So, yeah, no, really, really appreciate your work. I'll keep, I'll keep trying if the athletic will have me. <laughs> <laughs> if they pay your wages, you'll carry on. <laughs> no, amazing. And then finally, that brings us on to um, just looking forward to the Burnley game. Then, um, so we start with you, Ben. Um, so Burnley, they've it's fair to say they've they've had a pretty shocking start to the season, yeah. um, and I think we come into this quite similar to the West Brom game, whereas. I, I suppose we. I don't want to say it. I don't want to say it, but I'm going yeah. to say it. We're expected to win. <laughs> oh, so, what? What? Oh, what are your thoughts on 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 that, Ben? What? What? How do you see that panning out? Well, again, like what we said for West Brom, it's a must win. It is because they're 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 on, they're behind us. We got to beat them, but you just never know. Again, like we said with West Brom, it was the first time we were favourites in like, this season, like outright favourites. Like West, uh, when we played Newcastle, maybe it's a bit closer, but. Playing West Brom, we were outright favourites, and you got to consider us favourites again for the football we, for the football we play compared to Burnley. We must be outright favourites mm. for the game, so it just depends if how the players bounce back from a uh, lacking against West Brom, and if they'll be able to do the job against Burnley this time. Hopefully, hopefully they will. Yeah. And if we have a strike well, on the pitch, maybe that will help as well. Just shot <laughs> <Burnley against her. laughs> yeah, scoring we'll goals go. might help. Well, Ryan, you, you, yeah, Ryan, you 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 sort of well not disagree, but you 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 weren't as, as um, sort of certain with uh, us beating Burnley what, what are your thoughts on the whole yeah I think game? we we never beat Burnley I know we beat them at Turf Moor but um, I don't remember when was the last time we beat them at the Amex I, I, oh, I can't last remember home, to be honest oh no god it was a draw wasn't um, it? Hendrick yeah. last, last yeah, week yeah I can't oh, god, I don't remember that. I think it was probably yeah. at least five or six seven years ago the last time we beat them I think yeah. I started Talk Seagulls the day that we beat them. That was 2-0 in 2013. So <laughs> I'm pretty <laughs> sure that was the last it. time we beat them. Um, I was 12. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I think, you know, playing Burnley is always a horrible game, isn't it? They're, they're never easy yeah. to break down. And I think even, you know, Tottenham faced that, uh, only managed to scrape a 1-0. Uh, they're, they're a horrific yeah. team to play against um, defensively. Um and they're always that team as well that seems to get that luck and seem to get that bounce of the ball in the 91st minute like we experienced at the Amex last season. So, you know, Burnley to me is, is a game that's not an, a must win, well, not an easy win, should I say, um, by any means, because I always think they're the team that anyone can struggle against because they're so well drilled um, with Sean Dyke. But we we, play, we beat them at yeah, the no, last day of the season, didn't we? Yeah. we? We beat them there. Yeah, yeah. so... And that was a clash of style of play, yeah. wasn't it? So if that's anything to go by, then hopefully it'll, it'll be the same. Yeah. My that... one, I've got, I've got my one concern about, <laughs> I'm going to be boring oh, here and say, let's have a bit of perspective. And <laughs> yeah. um, I, I, mean, I totally get it, Ben, and, and you referred to it as must win, but that's not a phrase that I like. And I certainly not one that I like in the eighth game of a 38 game yeah, season. Because, yeah. because, because if it's <laughs> a must win, if it's a must win and they don't win, what does that mean? Does that mean no, they're, exactly. they're down? Do, do, do you know what I mean? Uh, so I totally understand why you look at it and think this is a you know really important game to win. But just, just for a bit of perspective, 
if they don't win, which could happen. If they draw or lose, and I'm sure there will be all sorts of um, immediately on social That's media, it's really completely about, yeah. doom and gloom, yeah. we're down, you, you know, and stuff. All I'm saying is there's 30 games to go still, and yeah. I think it might change. I think I'm trying to work it off the top of my head as we speak because of the Fulham thing, but even if they lost, they wouldn't be in the bottom three. Would they? I, I, I don't no, know. Yeah. So, so I'm just, right, yeah. You're probably right. Burnley, Burnley concern me from the type of team they'll be coming down here, the type of side they are. They've got Ashley Barnes, they've got Wood, you know, who might be looking at Brighton without Lewis Dunk and fancying their chances a bit. It's likely to be an ugly type of game or they'll, they'll perhaps want to make it an ugly type of game. So I certainly don't think it's going to be uh, uh, an easy one for for Brighton to get the three. Yeah. Is this the I'm perfect just, game for um, Welbeck to play, though? Is this the perfect game for Welbeck to start? Is that is this the team that the type of defence he wants to play um, against? I, it, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. I, I think the only thing, Ben, again, we have to bear in mind with him, he hasn't actually. If you look back, his last start, I think I'm right in saying, was July. What? Against Arsenal, Arsenal yeah. funny enough. Overhead kick. Uh, what, yeah. When he scored, yeah. yeah. So, so you know, he's gone whatever that is, sort of three yeah, months without actually, um, actually, uh, a start in a game. That doesn't mean to say you know they might feel he's ready. I, I don't know in terms of what they've seen in training. They obviously felt he was ready to to come on on um, Monday night. So yeah, it could be. It could be because of the type of side that that Burnley are. That this is. A good moment for Danny Welbeck, but um, yeah. all, I'm, all I'm trying to calm is is that if the result doesn't go, yeah, as everyone wants and um, sort of expects, I have let, checked yeah. that you know, just, it was just 2013, the last game, last time we beat them first, at home, yeah, 24th of August. Yeah. So yeah, it was that game. Yeah. The first ever one that I started yeah. on Talk Seagulls um, wow. was the last time we beat Burnley at home. Ujoa and quite wow. a few draws, I think, in that. Quite a few draws from yeah. There's a lot. There's a lot of draws. A lot of draws. Yeah, a lot of draws in there. They're usually, there. usually, yeah, so, usually quite tight games against them. Yeah, there's a lot. Of so draws. would we? So on the whole, then, I, I personally would be happy to take a draw. To be honest with you, I don't know what you. Obviously, Ben, we know what Ben feels like. He, he wants, he wants three points and nothing less. Um, but, but I think a, a, a draw would not be disappointing at all in my eyes. Um, you know, like we, like we've discussed. I think Andy made made a, re- a couple of really good points. You know, they're, they're so. Um, first of all, it won't be the end of the world if we do draw or lose. Um, but they are a very. I think Ryan mentioned it. They are a very tough team to play. You know, they set up the way Sean, Sean Deitch sets them up. It's just you know to not be beaten essentially you know mm. you know they might not play the most attractive football and they might not be the most attacking team but they get got results well not this season but uh yeah it got him into europe exactly you know he's, he's a great manager um and so yeah i, I don't think it's going to be as easy as we probably would like um but i think i think we've mentioned it before if we want to stay in this league mm. games against burnley west broms you know teams like that that's who we should should be beating whether that's, we do it's a weird uh, one isn't it because it's like you know they're not a winnable game, but at the same time, if we lost, I wouldn't be happy. And if we drew, depending on how we drew, <laughs> I wouldn't be happy either. So it's a weird one, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> because yeah. I think if we if we come out of that with a, a nil-nil draw, say we didn't do anything, we come out of no, no shots. I'm not saying that's probably going to happen based on the way Potter plays. But if it did and we do that, I'm going to be really disappointed because you'd be thinking... 
you know, you've got to be getting some points here because, you know, we've got some tough games coming up. I think we've got Liverpool. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't think off the top of my head, but I think we've got some tough games coming up. Um, and yeah, it's, it's quite scary when you look at it that way because you think, yes, it's a 38-game season, but the longer you go without winning, the more and more it gets a little bit mm-hmm. concerning. But um, it, yeah. as I say, it really depends on how we go into it. If we go into it positively, mm-hmm. if we go into it really trying, but then they get a lucky goal like the Hendrick one, I think that was their only shot on target last time. Yeah. Uh, and then and they snatched a one all. Um, but that sounds familiar as well. But um, no, yeah. if, if, if we start that's, properly... That's, 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 yeah, sorry, I was going to say the slight concern, I think, would be when you look... I mean, as I say, we're only eight games in, but or seven will be the eighth. But, you know, the table starts to take a bit of shape, doesn't it, once you yeah. get to sort of 18 games. And perhaps one or two of those sides that you expected to be... I mean, if you looked at Newcastle before the window, yeah. you know, and, and, and even after that, Brighton went up there and played really well, played them off the park, won 3-0. Mm. But they did, I, I think generally people would accept they did some good business in yeah, the window, Newcastle. And, and so you kind of look at them perhaps in a different light to the way you were looking at them maybe before the window. And yeah. um, you see that, you know, West Ham had that bad start, didn't they? But... You look at them now and you think they've got more than enough about them. So it's kind of when you look around, you're sort of narrowing down the group of teams you might think have the potential to be relegated. I wouldn't go further yeah, that's, than that. Yeah, that's the thing. There's think, not many. You know, you've got to be right, realistic. You would put Brighton in that yeah, you would. bracket. That's the thing. As I said, there's not many like in, in a lot of the teams down there are really improving. Um, like you look at Southampton, you look at Everton this season. Um, they've just been absolutely rampant, and um, West Ham, sorry, West Ham are one of them as well. Um, who was who was it that um, Fulham wasn't it? They were playing tonight. They they yeah. looked pretty poor. We, I thought Fulham were going to get beaten tonight, yeah. but if they are two 0 up, might be different now. Um, that's another team yeah. that are looking, you know, could be looking all right. But that is that is against West Brom, isn't it? I mean, if he listen, yeah. if I if I was saying now, I still think Fulham will go down. I think West Brom will probably go down. And then there's that one other place. And yeah, I think yeah, that yeah. that could be one of four or five teams. Four, perhaps four or yeah. five teams. And you would just be realistic. I'd put Brighton in that mix. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's, I can't argue that's, with that. that. I've got a question for you. That's kind of where they are. Um, that's that's where they are, I think, at, at, at the moment. And I, I think, again, with the expectation, what's kind of happened is the whole, you know, the whole thing about the, um, the sort of... Um, the aim, the long-term goal and becoming top 10, you know, which is good because you want some hope, don't you? You don't want to just be a team that's surviving. But but that is very much a kind of long-term goal. So... And it's the way of the world, and everyone wants it to today, happen today, <laughs> tomorrow. You know? And yeah, and it no, is going to take it is going to take a bit of time for that to build, for them to build the kind of money they can spend. You know, because they're still nowhere near the bracket of, you know, even those clubs that you might look around. For example, Villa and Ollie Watkins. Yeah. I mean, I mean, the money they paid for him, the contract, which of course comes into it. It's not just the transfer fee. Yeah. Blows Brighton out the water. They're they're just not at that level yeah. yet. I, I think I think that's that's sometimes what uh, I'm, I'm guilty of. Um, you know, as as a Brighton fan, I, I expect us yeah to be you know before the season started, I was like right, you know, we could be pushing to, uh, towards you know top ten finish here. Like, you know, going into the season, yeah. and I think sometimes a lot of Brighton fans are guilty of sort of 
uh, with all due respect to ourselves, you know, being bigger than we are. And, you know, I, I, I call a lot of clubs out on that. You know, um, I, I always joke with my Leeds friends saying the same thing. I say, you know, you think you're bigger than you are. But, you know, um, yeah, I, I think we are very guilty of that. Um, it's it's not no, about the history because people sometimes say, oh, we don't care. What... It's not about the history. Yeah. It's just about having a bit of perspective. For example, on Neil Mope, who's a classic point, really, for me. Neil Mopé costs sixteen million pounds. That is not yeah. a lot of money in the yeah. Premier League for a striker. So, what are you expecting no, from Neil Mopé as a sixteen million pound striker in, yeah. in the Premier League? We're expecting thirty goals. I don't, goals, I don't <laughs> think you can expect a lot more than you're getting. What he scored ten yeah. goals last season. He's, no, he's right. four already this season. Apart from the goals and you know the way he works for the team. Yeah, what's what's the accusation against Neil Neil Mope? He misses yeah. too many chances. Well, he's not a fifty million pound striker. <laughs> if he <laughs> no, was missing right. the chances yeah. and he cost fifty million pound, I think maybe you'd have a right to get upset. But what are you actually <laughs> expecting for, from Neil Mope? Very good point. Very good point. And Ben, I believe you had a question. Uh, you had a yeah, question. Yeah, I think it was. I, I thought thought of it when we were talking about Berlin, how they set up, and I think I've touched on it a couple of podcasts in a row now. I'm saying how kind of people can cancel out the Lamptey effect. And it, look, we saw it at West Brom, I believe it's Palace. The way they defend so deep and so well, it's so hard for Lamptey to play his game over the top and run, in, run inside. So, yeah, so do you think teams have sussed out like the way to deal with Lamptey or do you reckon that's just going to one step too far? Uh, well, no, you make a good point, Ben, because he's 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 exploded onto the scene, hasn't he? And of course, team, teams are aware of that you know that the, they'll be aware of that threat that he poses and they'll find ways of, of of trying to stop i'm not suggesting that teams will set up you know to stop just to stop Tariq Lanty <laughs> yeah. when they come against brighton because you know clubs in the premier league they've got their own qualities haven't they um and yeah. again with the greatest respect i don't think they'll be necessarily massively fearful when they come up against brighton perhaps in the way you would against so many other teams, but yeah, I mean he's been a breath of fresh air, isn't he? he he's he's yeah. such a such an exciting prospect, mm -hmm. and I really do think with him, I, I don't think it's overstating it. I don't think it's a matter of if he'll play for England; it's a more a matter of when. And also saying yeah. if and when. When do we think? Fingers crossed, he never does. How many seasons have we got left of Tariq Lamptey at Brighton? Dare I say it? That's really that's really difficult to tell, isn't it? You know, again, he's 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 right in the infancy. Uh, you know, he's he's only nineteen, isn't he? You know, what has he played? The one at Chelsea he hasn't even reached double figures in terms of Premier League games, has he? And you always have to be a bit careful with young players because there can be dips, and um, you know that's all part of the kind of development. Um, so, but who knows? Who knows in terms of, um, you know, how he continues, the form he continues in, what interest that, what interest that sparks. So you do know, we think it's, it's, that Bayern Munich interest, was that, was that all load of rubbish or was there some, some substance to that? I don't think there was a lot of substance to that. Not, 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 not good. from what, I looked into it again. I mean, there's always, what's quite interesting with interest, there's always, it's kind of levels of interest because if 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 you if you went on every bit of interest that was like a phone call or or something that somebody said to somebody, that's happening all the time. Do you know what I mean? Uh, there's a hell of a difference between that and really 
genuinely serious interest where they're looking at perhaps actually signing, making an offer for a player. So there's all that noise goes around all the time about, oh, so-and-so is interested in so-and-so. Um, quite often, let's be honest, it's, it's, it comes from agents who, um, you know, who, who, who might have a re, might have a sort of reason for, for getting a bit like Ben, a bit like ben Wright's agent. So, um, <laughs> well, no, come on. What he was doing on Twitter was a bit weird, wasn't it? With Ben White's agent, I don't know what he was what he was playing at, but he's all right. He's 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 not too bad. At, at Alex Alex um, oh, Levat, you know, you're referring to, yeah, 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 yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, he's you know, I, I'm not. Listen, most it's like any walk of life. You'll get good and bad. Doesn't doesn't doesn't, doesn't matter what sector it's in. Yeah. And um, so there were an awful lot of, uh, of agents out there who do really good job for their, you know, and they're looking after the interests of their their client yeah, okay. and, yeah. and they're, they're part of the game. You've just got to accept so them. Before we went live yeah, today, Baz, you mentioned about Ben White, potentially, or was it you, Ryan, that mentioned Ben White being linked with Liverpool again? Is that is that right? Yeah, no. So uh, I, th- I believe it was yourself, Andy, who, who tweeted uh, just it was about your article. Um, yeah. How the, no, there was a twenty five million bid from Leeds um, yes. in the transfer window, and Liverpool, I believe, are monitoring him. Is that is that well, right? Well, listen, if everything we we know, and, and James Pierce is our man at Liverpool. James is a brilliant, brilliant reporter. You know, he's certainly a player that Liverpool have been interested in. Uh, have looked at in the past, so so we're confident that that is the case. But like I say, there's a world of difference between that and something actually happening in the happening, way that yeah. we did with Leeds. You know, Leeds. There's no doubt about it. Leeds made three bids for him. The last one was twenty five million pounds. So um, you know, like I say, let's see let's see what happens with Ben going forward. You know, again, another player. He's only just starting his Premier League life. You know, yeah. six. Six, seven games. There's no doubt he's a really big talent, and I think that's you know we've just mentioned there Tarek Lamptey, Ben White. How many others can we mention? It, Brian. Yeah, I think yeah, that's yeah. that's the really exciting yeah. thing with this with the club now. You know, for somebody like me, covered them as long as I have. They have got so much young talent coming through yeah. now, and yes, and and they're quite you know the, the the structure of the club as well. You've got Paul Barber, you've got Dan Ashworth. They don't want it to happen, but they're quite realistic. They know a club of Brighton's size. There's always going to be the risk that things can go wrong, a bit wrong one season, and they could go down. That yeah. that That is a fact of life. All I would say is if the worst happened, I'm not saying it will, but if the worst happened, I think the one thing Brighton fans can be confident about because of the way the club's structured and the setup, they would have a much better chance of bouncing back than yeah. quite a few others. No, definitely. No, that's really, yeah, it's very interesting. Like, it's really interesting as a Brighton fan to hear sort of uh, the, sort of behind the scenes and what, what you what you guys know that we're not privy to. Um, so just just to quickly, because I'm very keen just to, we've got a little segment we want you to play yeah. uh, and we, that we've okay. actually just introduced this week. So okay. just before I go into that, just just really quickly, um, just score predictions. I know we, we don't like doing this on this show, but what, what okay. do you think, how do you think, uh, just quickly, score predictions for the game? Um, it wouldn't surprise me if it was a one-one draw. Yeah, fair, fair enough. I can see that myself. I'm going to go with the same, actually. Uh, one all. How about you, Ryan? 
Mm-hmm. Um, I hate doing score predictions, man. As you know, I hate doing the score predictions. I know, I know. <laughs> that's just, why I do it. It just gets clipped and sent to me straight away. Like, oh my God. <laughs> the amount of Tottenham fans I've had in my Twitter messages over the last 24 hours is absolutely ridiculous. Well, you, sh- um, well, you shouldn't be tweeting silly with you, you right? <laughs> oh, mate, it's funny, it's funny, it's funny. Um, yeah. so I'm just doing it for a bit of fun. Um, but no, I, I don't know, it'll be as I say, it'll be a tough one. It'll be a tough one. Um, yeah, I think a draw. I think a draw. Um, I think. Draw. Yeah, I'll go. I'll go one-one as well. As well, and, well I'll, and Ben, do you want? Do you want to make it four? No, in of a course row? not. I'm going to be optimistic and say one. <laughs> say one-nil Brighton. Lovely, man. Nice, ben. nice. Lovely bit. Of love that. Love there that. All right. Nice to have well, an optimist, yeah, Ben. Always, always. Yeah, I love it. I love it, Ben. All right, so there you go. Three draws and, and one win in Albion's favour. So we'll see what happens. So, right, final thing, Andy, because I know we've kept you a while, but I, I suppose there's not much going on. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure another five, ten minutes won't hurt. Uh, <laughs> so we've got a new segment that we, we want to introduce with our guests. Um, so this is um, called Build Your uh, Perfect Player. Uh, but only oh using my. Brighton players. Oh so we're going to give you three. Uh, sorry, we're going to give you six categories, um, six categories. and then yeah. Right. So then it'll be um, one player each in each category. So for example, if I say um, finishing, you obviously give us one player, uh, ex or current Brighton player that you think is best ever finisher. Right. Um, and then yeah, we'll go through the six categories and then we'll see who we got at the end. Um, so yeah, to kick off then. Um, so to build your perfect player, who would you have uh, as the best finisher? Uh, ever well you know current or past for Brighton best finisher um, I go with Bobby Zamora I, mean, I, I was going to say <laughs> yeah I go yeah, I go, I, I go with, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean a lot of a lot of uh, uh, older fans would say Peter Ward that's true um, yep. if you're going further back um, yeah. the, the only thing I've always thought where it's really difficult, I think, to compare eras, you know, because you can only be the best in the circumstances that you're in at that time. But I, I think that what gets overlooked sometimes is is the level players played at, you know. So, so yeah, somebody who's great and scored tons of goals in the second division or the third division, but it's not quite the same as the top level. I should probably qualify that because with Bobby... You know, he went on from Brighton, didn't he? He was he was playing for Brighton yeah. League One in the Championship, but he went on, you know, to be yeah. top player in the, in in uh, yeah. sort of prim, Premier League level, not with Brighton, but um, yeah. yeah, he was so, he was he was just came from nowhere, you know, to think this yeah. little slip of a lad who signed from <laughs> Bristol Road was on loan, and everyone thought, who's he? You know, nineteen yeah. year old, but yeah. Yeah, the rest is history. Um, so, so are you locking in Bobby Zamora then for finishing? Go on, yeah. Glenn, yeah. Glenn won't be happy. Glenn Murray won't be happy. With him. <laughs> <laughs> we, might, we might have to yeah. tag him in the in the post. Uh, Sneaky, get a reaction out of him. Um, okay, so the next category then. So yeah, of course, this goes without saying. But yeah, um, so yeah. the player, and then a little explanation as to why um, yeah. would be great as well. Um, so speed. Who do you think? Who's the fastest player you've seen at Brighton? I tell you what, it would be Tarek. I, I, yeah. I think off the top of my head, I'm struggling to think of anyone. Yeah, I, mean, I, mean, I, I spoke, to, I spoke to his school teachers for a piece I did about him, and and they said, you know, nobody could quite believe it. They used to go for these like like the GCSE tests and stuff, and it was just phenomenal. Yeah. I'm, I'm struggling to think off the top of my head. In the, in the was quick, wasn't he? he got a bit of speed. Yeah, no, not as quick as Lamptey. No, no, I'm going to go Terry. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, we can't argue with that. I don't think he's just. Didn't really he run thirty six right. kilometers an hour or something? I think he recorded like top ten. Yeah, there was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, well, there was a figure That's where crazy. he was literally right Incredible. up with like an un- and world yeah. football. You know, yeah. right up there. His his figures were so. That's mental. Yeah. We, yeah. we might have to we might have to get rid of that category. I think going forward because I, I don't think That's anyone's going to touch him. Yeah, everyone's going to say him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, all right, next one. Um, football IQ. Oh gosh. <clears throat> so this one, this one, I've, I've personally got a couple, but be interesting to see. Yeah. That's a really tough one. Um, what are your What are your so couple there, Then maybe that'll help uh, the other thing. Well, yeah. Well, no. So, no. Instantly, just from from the current squad, from the, yeah. from the current squad, um, uh, proper stands out for me just because of sort of how he sort of sees the game. I, I'm not saying he's the best, probably ever, but that's just uh, uh, sort of just one I've sort of top of my head from the current squad, uh, and you know maybe Lalana as well. Mm. But yeah, I'm sure there's there's much more. But yeah, they Gross sort of stand out for me there. from the current squad. Yeah, Pascal Gross. Yeah, yeah Lalana would be a good good shout. Um, if you I were think looking... very current, yeah. If you were looking back a bit further, um, again, a player who came to Brighton when he was probably past his best, but Vicente. Oh, yeah. Yeah, great shout, yeah. Bruno. He was was, was a baller. He was, was, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Bruno, again, that's a very good shout, yeah. 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 Go on then, then, Andy. We're we're going to press you on this one. Who are you locking in? Right, football intelligence. (laughs) (laughs) Countdown. You know what? Overall, I think actually, I think I'll go Bruno. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Nice. I think I'll go Bruno overall. I agree. Cool. All right. Okay. Um, so the next one, uh, leadership. Um, who would you choose for leadership? Leadership. It's got to be Guy Butters, surely. <laughs> that, was, that was a joke. <laughs> the trouble is, <laughs> my, my mind immediately leaps to somebody who is, I'm afraid, <laughs> back. Far further than you will go. go My on. mind immediately goes to Brian Horton. Okay. For nice. me, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Brian yeah. Horton, yeah. Uh, yeah. Back, back oh, you know, when the club first... I'm, just, first, I'm thinking of Danny um, Cullip as well. Danny well, Cullip, he, well he was very Yeah, that, yeah Danny was a strong leader. But Brian, sort of that, that, that team, you know, that reached the old first division, he kind of... A, he, he was a real leader, Brian. Yeah, bearded mm. midfielder, good player yeah. as well. Um, yeah. but yeah, he kind but of just bit, just for the for the younger listeners. Um, yes. What, what 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 kind of what kind of era was Brian playing in? What was it? The well, we're talk, we're talking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're talking like late seventies. Mm. Who would you describe when, compared uh, to like a modern day footballer? Mm. Who would you describe him close to being as so someone could relate? Or there not many mm. of him around anymore. Listen, yeah, there there aren't really there aren't many of that type of players. He he was just he was just that inspirational sort of in the middle of the park combative um really good captain good leader score goals important goals you know he was yeah he was uh but yeah i I mean to some extent i think that has those kind of uh, it's a different game now and you don't see as many of those those kind of leaders now yeah i'd say adam lalana's pretty close to it to be honest the way he sort of Against Tottenham yesterday, I think I, I thought he was very. His leadership qualities are very clear, in, in my opinion. But yeah, yeah, I th- yeah, I think I think he's 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 definitely going to be a a big influence. Yeah. I know somebody mentioned. I we're not really in a position to 
where we where we sit to be close to the pitch. Yeah, but that's the thing. I know a colleague, a colleague mentioned how noticeable it is that he's yeah he's the one doing a lot right. of. Uh, that's uh, 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 that's why I, I mentioned some, on the pod, some... wasn't it, Maz, a while ago? Um, yeah, we said. I think it was. Yeah, I said it like against Palestine a couple of podcasts well. ago. Yeah, yeah, I said um, that Lalana. If we were there, if we were actually watching him, yeah. and we could actually see him with our eyes, and we didn't just see him when the cameras are on him. You could probably see him bossing the midfield around, sort of getting yeah, everyone yeah. in place. And you know, he he's mentioned how much he loves to raise the young talent there at, at the club, and how much he wants to sort of be there for the long run rather than just be there as a player. And I think you can mm. just see that. I, I think he's so classy. And yesterday was another example of that. The trouble yeah, is, no. I've, you see, I've, I've killed myself with these categories. I wish I'd known beforehand. Because you, <laughs> oh, sorry. You know, no, lead, lead, you up. no, no, no. Leadership comes in different forms, doesn't it? Yeah. And you, yeah. you know, no, Bruno, Bruno, what a great leader. Mm-hmm. Bruno yeah. was. Yeah, no, definitely. But it comes yeah. in a different form. Bruno wasn't, a, you know, wasn't... A, he, he just led by the example of the way he performed, the way he conducted himself. So that was a kind of different yeah. type of type of leader. Oh, what, what we'll do then? What we'll do, Andy? What, what we'll do for you then, Andy? You can pick two for this one. We'll, we'll give Good you one. two. So Brian Horton and yeah. who, who else do you want to lock in? Well, if, if well, if I was going Brian, I would go for Bruno. When you look over Bruno. the course, definitely. Um, okay. uh, yeah. All right. Yeah. Okay, so and I think honourable mention as well. Maybe for me personally, just because I grew up in that sort of era with the the with Dean era. Uh, for me, just a couple of um, sort of honourable mentions would be Adam Virgo, um, Danny Danny yeah, Cullip, Gordon Greer, uh, and uh, oh yeah, yeah, Gordon Greer. Yeah, yeah it's a very yeah. good shout. Very good shout. Um, Danny, I've got no, a funny story. Can tell you a funny story about Danny. I think it was a very. Yeah. We always laugh about it. Danny was a great lad. I think he, he threatened once to leave me in concrete boots under the M25. Something I've written back in the day, yeah, that um, he wasn't too happy about. <laughs> but he, Bloody hell. I mean, I mean, I wouldn't want to mess with him, I'll tell you that for free. Yeah. He looked like a very uh, scary, scary guy. So was it literally yeah. just because of something you'd written? Or yeah, more to yeah. It? But he was, I mean, that, that team, well, they really did have a core of that Mickey Adams team, Danny, yeah. Charlie Oakway, Paul Rogers. Yeah, yeah. You know, there were really there really was a core of of big characters in that time. Well, well, fingers crossed none of the, the current squad uh, <laughs> threatened <laughs> threatened to put you under the M twenty five or whatever it was. I bet Tariq um, Lamptey does that all the time. He threatens the journals like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah Tariq Lamptey's threatening you all the, all the time. All right, so you've locked in Brian Horton and uh, Bruno then for that one, yeah. and then the final two. Um, so work rate. Work rate. That's another tough one. To be fair, we we we've we're giving some tough categories. Craig Dale Smith comes to mind. Mm. Yeah, I think I, yeah. I, for me that for yeah. me that's the standout for me. Yeah, that's, that's a good well. shout. Actually. Well, yeah, that's yeah, a good shout. Yeah, yeah, that's a good shout. But anyway, boys, well, it's not it's not down to us. It's down yeah, to sorry, sorry. It's, it's funny, it's, it's funny, about, isn't it? It's funny, isn't yeah. it, with work rate? Because I kind of think. It's a strange category in a way because you are you dissing our categories, oh, Andy? You know, look, didn't work hard, and you think, you know yeah. what? Part of me kind of thinks that should be a given, really. No, that's true. It's very yeah, true. You know, that, I mean, that really like shouldn't. Really should, you know, if nothing else, that 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 should be there, irrespective. You can yeah, understand no, an off day, not playing well, but the effort, the you know, that I'd like to think, like through my working life, I've had bad days where I've done bad stuff, written bad stuff, all that. But I've 
I can't think of too many cases where I've not tried. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, of course. You know, of course. So, um, so sorry to cast aspersions on that we'll, category. We'll get no, rid I, of that one then. That's gone for the next one. I totally understand why why you'd say that. Yeah, I, I think Craig McHale Smith is a good shout because he yeah. he certainly put the um, the graft in, didn't he, up front? Yeah. You know, he might yeah. he, he might not have been the most talented striker Brighton have ever had, but he. Yeah, yeah he, he certainly, certainly. Put, I'm yeah, sure that on, you know, off the top of my head, there's probably lots of players people think of who, who are not immediately springing to mind to me. Yeah. But he's 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 certainly one that kind of springs to mind. Leon Best as well. Okay, I'll and... there. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's worth Lecad- going to fight the captain was just quality. So. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and Jurgen Lacadia as well. He was, oh, he was yeah. an absolute workhorse. <laughs> uh, <laughs> right, and then final one. I, I suppose this is quite similar to football IQ, so we might have to look into changing this one. Okay. Uh, but the final category is vision. Vision, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, I would certainly, so he, funny enough, the, uh, funny enough, a player I left out before was Vicente, who I didn't, but Vicente, I'd certainly yeah. put in there. Definitely. Yeah. Okay. The vision. You always felt, I, I always felt slightly with him, like I say, although he was past his peak when he came to Brighton that he was kind of one or two steps oh, ahead yeah. of, of, yeah. of a lot of his teammates in a, in the way he was thinking you know he was he was a wonderful player in his prime and there was still yeah. there were still glimpses of that when he came how did we bring him in Brighton. was there a link with Poirier with it did he know him as a friend or what yeah what was the link with with Vicente coming yeah I can't, I can't really remember the, the story with him I, th- I think it was yeah and um, you know, they, it was a shame in the end, wasn't it? The way it kind of ended with him because they had a bit of yeah. a fallout in the end, and he had one or two injuries, yeah. didn't he? Like I say, he was past his peak, but he he was a wonderful and did still provide some sort of memorable moments uh, in his yeah. time. So vision, yeah. I'm just trying to think because yeah. again, I'm sort of thinking to myself what I talked about level, and that was in the championship, wasn't it? So yeah. Trying to think in Brighton's uh, Premier League li- lifetime. I mean, already we've seen with Adam Lallana. I think Adam, yeah. already. What a high quality player Adam Lallana. Even Pascal Gross. Even, even, even now, you know, yeah. 30, thirty-two. He tweeted uh, yeah, as yeah, assists, I mean, Was it? Was it? Did you say sixteen? Yes. 16? Yeah. 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 yeah he had sixteen assists. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I mean, Pascal. And, and listen, I think with Pascal, if he had that, if he had a change of pace, yeah, it'd be quality. Really if he could run faster. Really, yeah. He really, he really <laughs> would be. But you, know, you, can't, you can't have everything, can you? So Pascal um, Gross with yeah. Tariq Lamptey's pace would be untouchable, oh, yeah. wouldn't he? Oh, yeah. Wimbledon yeah. Untouchable. It'd be yeah. like that'd be Messi. That'd be that's basically Lionel Messi. Basically. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> all right. <laughs> all right. So just to then summarise, then uh, so your perfect oh. Brighton player. So that consists yeah. of um, Bobby Zamora's finishing. Yeah. Uh, Tariq Lamptey's pace. Yeah. Uh, Bruno's footballing IQ. Yeah. Uh, Brian Horton and Bruno combined uh, for leadership. Yeah. yeah. Um, Craig McHale Smith's work rate 
And finally, mm. Vicente's vision. Now, yes. in, in my books, that's, that's a great player, player, that. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you what, I, I would take Vicente, him any day. Vicente stroke Adam Lallana, either one of them. <laughs> yeah. No, amazing. Um, no, uh, I mean, like I said, it, it's an incredible player. Um, so if we, could, if we could sign him next transfer window, <laughs> that would be great. Um, so you can make that happen, Andy. We'd appreciate it, mate. <laughs> uh, but no, honestly, uh, we've really, really appreciated your time. Um, you've been an amazing guest. Um, so I really, really appreciate you coming on. And no, we'd love to have you back on again yeah. um if you yeah. so enjoyed it yeah. thanks for having me yeah. no no thank you very much thank you yeah. it's been yeah it's been our pleasure um and of course um just to, uh, for everyone listening uh make sure you do uh like comment and subscribe uh, if you're watching on youtube uh, and of course um uh, make sure if you're listening on itunes or spotify as well just to share that link uh, to everyone who's a, might be a brighton fan um but yeah fingers crossed uh, we get a good result against uh burnley and we shall see you next week peace The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.